This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. Well, we've all been watching the news. We all know what's happening. The Federal Reserve is going to meet again shortly, and they're probably going to cut rates. Maybe not, maybe so, for the second time in a row. And if you remember, I told you that historically, once the Federal Reserve changes directions on rates, either cutting them or increasing them, they do it four times in a row at the minimum. Historically, so it goes. It will should go down four times in a row before it turns around and goes back up. At least four times. Sometimes it's eight times. I mean, but at least four times. That has been the historical norm. Of course, we've had nothing but abnormality here with rates for ten years. But I'm just reporting the news, people. So you know it, that that's up on the news, and of course the China trade talks are in the news and I don't you know I'm not sure what's going to happen there you've heard me tell you I think he's going to he meaning President Trump is going to come to a deal before he gets reelected because he wants that in his feather in his hat a feather in his hat so that uh, he can point to it and see how successful he is and tell us all how great he is okay and that's definitely what I think he wants to do now will he ever get there Chinese could not play into that game, you know. They don't have to. So there are always lots of variables out there uh, in the news. What's driving it? Short-term news drives the market. Long-term, it all comes back to earnings, corporate earnings. If it's feared that corporate earnings are going to go down, the market will go down. If it's if it is if it's assumed that uh, earnings are going to go up in the future, the market will go up today. It's that simple. It, it's all based on earnings and the perception of earnings. The day-to-day wiggles and waggles, that's just news-driven. Well, you know, news does drive the markets, but generally not fundamentally in one direction or another. Okay? So, try to remember that when you're reading today's news. Today, I'm going to do my best to help you to find that path and put you on that path of financial financial freedom that we talk about every day. And we're going to do it one step at a time and we'll get there. To do that, we do that with phone calls for me answering questions. And the number that you can call right now, live, 888-99-CHART. We're live every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And I just want to remind you, I do a portfolio reviews in New York City. In nine days, I'll be there, and I'll be there for two days, and those two days are packed. So I don't have any more, any available times. Uh, no one has dropped out or decided not to take the appointment yet, and I've asked them. On October 10th, I'll be back in San Jose, California. I'll also be taking reservations for a second trip to New York City. That will be November 7th. Remember, these are personalized evaluations. I talk about your finances. I have you bring in your portfolio. We talk about where you are in life, your financial life. Or I ask questions about your financial life. Some of the questions might seem a little personal because that determines what your financial life is going to be. I need to know. When are you going to retire? Do you have dependent parents that you're going to have to support? I do. My wife's side, one. 
So you, you know, you got those questions are important. They all come down to how much money is going to go out of your pockets in retirement. So remember, New York City, November seventh. You can go to investtalk.com, send me an email to reserve a time. Okay, my main talking point today: China's August exports suffered reductions as UF tariffs took a bite. Weak exports are adding pressure on China's already slowing economy. Well, we already knew that. Now we're going to see some actual numbers. What what have, what have they turned into? And this is just the start, I think. And of course, I got other interesting things I want to discuss. The ECB pushing rates down. We'll talk about that. Millennials are not taking advantage of lower mortgage rates, even when they already own a house. They're not refinancing. Why? That's an interesting questions. We're going to talk about jobs. Jobs opening report came out for July, and I wanted to talk, talk about that. Uh, and there's a lot of other aspects of the jobs report we'll talk about. The market itself was uh, mixed, but mixed more to the positive side than the negative side. The Dow was up 74 points. The NASDAQ down three points, and the SP up one. The market was much worse than that during the day. The Dow was higher than 74 points during the day. But really, there's not much going on. And to be honest, I don't think we got anything driving the market coming up until the federal funds, until the Federal Reserve meets again and they come up with something. I think that's going to be the focus. So I think the market's just going to turn sideways. I, I don't. I just. I don't see a catalyst. We need a catalyst, and I just don't see it. Let's go to Cherie in San Mateo. He wants to talk about gold. How you doing, Cherie? Hi, Steve. I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. I'm Thank planning you on investing into gold ETF. What okay. is your take on that? I think gold, uh, uh, you know, has done very well already this year. Uh, I think if, okay, why has it done very well? Because the worry has been over the world economy, our economy, there's been lots of worry about that. The dollar has gotten stronger this year. So a weak dollar will drive gold up, but all it did was get stronger. So that wasn't a driver. And inflation is still pretty mild. Now, I think it's very possible that the dollar will begin to weaken toward the end of the year and into next year. And I think we might have a little pickup in inflation. If we have those two things, I think gold will have another run up, Cherie. So I I think it's a good I think it's a good hedge and a good possibility that it's got a little bit more to go. I'm not yeah, you know, I don't think it has so should I hold up I'm on not buying big, it right now? Uh you know, trying to trying to time it is gonna be very difficult. I think that it's you know, it's pop it's gone down like four days in a row. Uh, I think I think picking it up here, you might want to wait to see if it moves sideways a little bit, but uh, it's hard to know. Uh, it's come it's coming down to the 50-day moving average. Uh, if you're looking at GLD uh, as an ETF, which represents gold price, uh, I think it can easily go down to uh, about 13 eight, uh, 138 or 13 $1,380 or so. Um, or 138 on the ETF, somewhere around there. Right now it's 140, so you might get a little bit better price, but it's hard to know. It's just very difficult to know. Sure, you thought. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. It's gold, there, everybody. And a gold ETF is GLD. That represents 10% of the actual gold price. 
This is Invest Talk. We have an important invitation uh, for you to attend a new KPP Wealth Management Conference. The title is Earning Yield in a No-Yield World, Investing in Real Estate, Stocks, and Bonds. Justin Klein and I will lead the event, and we will be joined by two other real estate experts and a trust attorney. So we got some important people there. The October 12th, it's on October 12th conference, will be held in Irvine, California. You can sign up early to get reduced pricing. Learn more at investtalk.com. That's investtalk.com with two T's. And now I'm taking your finance and investment questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The long summer of 2019 has ended. And the big question now is, which way will the market go? You need unbiased investing guidance. And Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? Good, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to ask you about what what would be the maximum um, to put in my portfolio of gold and silver and gold and silver equities. Right now, I'm at ten percent. You know, as you, I think you know, I'm in retirement mode. So right, um, but I okay, I'm, yeah. I would say uh, fifteen, eighteen percent, probably be a max. Okay. You I wouldn't, still go, feel I wouldn't like go more than that. Go up, right? I do feel like it's going to go up, but it also has that additional uh, benefit of being a hedge against a market fall. So both things kind of push me to be a little bit more aggressive in holding on to it. Uh, Long term, gold has never been a great investment. Okay. There have right. been periods of time in history when it has done really, really well. But long term, it, it, you know. When I say long-term, I'm talking 10, 20, 30 years. It's not been that good of an investment. I mean, gold was right. uh, $800 an ounce in 1980-something. $800 an ounce. That was at the top back then. Then it went down under 100 bucks for a long time. So so it's never been, you know, it's just at times it works really well, and I think this is a good time to have some. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Now, let's take a quick look at some uh, benchmark numbers. The yield on the 10-year Treasury starting to get a little bit healthy on that yield curve. The yield on the 10-year Treasury is 1.644%, and the yield on the 2-year Treasury is 1.60%. So, that's a little bit better, uh, and that's the normal yield curve where a 10-year pays more than a 2-year. That's how it's supposed to be. Remember, we had like a 2- or 3-week period in which it was inverted, and now it went back to normal. Well, let's hope it can stay there. The yield on a 30-year treasury is 2.23%. So, and as you know, you've heard me and Justin talk about it many times. Yields and debt prices move in opposite directions. So, bonds, if the bonds, uh, if yield goes, yields go down, value of bonds goes up. If yields go up, the value of bonds go down. Oil is $58.10, uh, and you know, just note that the new OPEC, uh, no, not OPEC, but Saudi Arabia oil minister is uh, talked about 
production limits for OPEC and everything. And so that's kind of supportive to oil, oil prices. So that's kind of important to know. So they're going to reduce, I think they said, oh, they're going to reduce their production by 1.2 million barrels per day. I think they would said it would continue that. Gasoline prices, $2.56 per cost of country. So those are some Bitcoins at 10200 Some of the numbers, you know, some of the numbers that we see come out all the time. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And no one has ever been able to reliably predict market movements. You just can't time it. But if you are serious about achieving financial freedom, you have got to be prepared for volatility and how you're going to react to it, if you should react to it at all. And that is why you need to make sure your portfolio is strategically balanced. Balancing a portfolio is very important. And how aggressive you want to be is also very important, but also keeping that portfolio balanced with your aggressiveness in mind. And and due to strong demand, I have added new dates, you know, and uh, new dates to portfolio. I I go there up in the Santa Bay area almost every, every month. So October 10th, I'll be in San Jose and November 7th, New York. And I'm sure I'll be back to San Jose. When will I be back to San Jose? Don't have a day scheduled after the, the 10th. So, yeah, after the 10th, I don't have another day scheduled and I won't. And since we're getting into, getting in, getting into the new year, I mean, the end of the year, we'll see. 888-99-CHART is my number. Give me a call. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to John in Florida. How you doing, John? Hi, Steve. I'm very well, thank you. Um, I wonder if you'll allow me to ask a very basic question. It involves comparing sure. a dividend-paying stock to a non-dividend-paying stock. So let's okay. assume you have two stocks. One is They're both at $100, and one of them is a 5% dividend. If okay. at the end of the year, the non-dividend went up to 110 and the dividend only went up to 108, you're still doing better with the dividend stock, right? Is it you kind of add the the five percent dividend to the eight percent return to get a thirteen percent return? Is that a fair statement? That's ex- that's exactly how you do it. That is one hundred percent correct because you got that five percent in your pocket, okay? And the stock went up eight dollars or eight percent, so you got five percent in your pocket, and the, you, the value of the, your your stock went up eight percent, whereas the other one, the value of the stock just went up ten percent. What's better? Well, of course, the five plus eight. Right, thirteen percent. Well, what's nice about dividend-paying stocks is they consistently pay you return if you have a consistent dividend-paying stock, which we all want. And regardless of what the price does, at least you know you have that dividend coming in. You know you're going to make that much money. You know it. But of course, the price goes down. Then you know it, the price goes down. But that's how it works, John. You got exactly right. Okay. Okay. Appreciate the call. Yeah. Go ahead. Did we lose him? 
their iPhone and okay. so the change was sorry. It's all, oh, go ahead, John. What I, you were you saying? saying? I was just saying. So, uh, when you just look at your iPhone and you look at two stocks and it just says what they did that day, you, you also need to go a step further and find out if one is a dividend pool. That, that's correct. Yes. You, if you're trying to really understand the complete story, yeah, you need to know. Is that does that also pay a dividend or is it just all growth? Is that all that's based on? And you need to know exactly. all those facts. John, appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to James in New York City. How you doing, James? Or in New York, at least. I don't know if you're in the city. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for the call. Um, I was wondering about uh, Kraft Heinz uh, this evening, which I've had for probably the last five years. I benefited when uh, they did the merger, um, Kraft and Heinz. Mm-hmm. But uh, ever since then, it's been nothing but falling for me. So I like it for the dividend, but I'm just wondering if there's any reason to keep it for the long term if I decide to do so, or would it be best to just move on and cut my losses? The only reason you would keep it is the dividend. There's not much growth going to happen. It's just not. Uh, Kraft Heinz, everybody, similar as KHC, makes food products, as is beverage, cheeses, convenient meats, and other grocery products sold worldwide. It's not a grower. It grows very, very slow, if at all. One, maybe two percent, maybe. And some in recent quarters have been shrinking, you know, three, four percent sales. So you only buy this for the dividend because there's no other reason why it would move. And it is a low price right now. Uh, you know, the PE is like around nine, but based on next year's earnings, that PE is going to be 11. And you would think that's low, but it's not for this kind, for, for Kraft Heinz. That's not low, that's normal. So there's really no other reason except for the dividend. So if you don't want to keep it because of that, James, you t- time for you to exit. Okay? Appreciate the call. Good luck with it. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, median household income increased $63,000 in 2018, adjusted for inflation, increased to $63,000, not $63,000. So it's at $63,000. That's the household median income uh, and adjusted for inflation. This matches the 1999 peak, by the way. That had to go all the way back then. And we're also enjoying the lowest poverty rate since 2001. Average credit scores are 706. That is an all-time high. The credit score average hit bottom at 686 during the 2008 housing crisis. So, those are some basic stats. The average household, the median household, makes $63,000 in 2018. 63000 Now, will the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ make new highs in the near future? Will they? The answer to that, it, you know, may, may depend on a lot of things, but two major things, and we've talked about it before, lower interest rates and uh, trade talk with China. We need the rest of the world to start growing better. Their economic, you know, yes, we're doing pretty decent. But, you know, the rest of the world isn't. It's been, its growth rate has been shrinking. And some parts of the world, like Germany, you know, may be in recession. They've had one quarter of shrinkage. If they have a second quarter of shrinkage, that's recession. 
So we need the world to start perking up. And what will do that? What will perk it up? One thing would be, you know, a trade deal with China, between the U.S. and China. Okay, Apple had their new product unveiling today. Okay, so in 2019, this is my trivia question, everybody. In 2019, by global market share, which manufacturer makes and distributes the most smartphones? Is it Apple? What makes and distributes the most smartphones in 2000, uh, 2019? I'll have the answer and explain after the break. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me? For us. You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to. And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the Active 401k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. We have some important calendar dates for you. First, Steve Peasley is taking reservations for his no-cost portfolio reviews. The next availability will be October 10th in San Jose, and then November 7th in New York City. And the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference will be held in Irvine, California on October 12th. That is a Saturday. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. We'll answer any financial question. Any financial question you want to ask. Okay, before the break, I asked this trivia question. In 2019, by global market share, which manufacturer makes the, and distributes the most smartphones? Well, here's the answer. In the global smart market market, Apple's iPhone market share remained at third place. This was as of uh, the second quarter of 2019. About 15% of all phones, 15. Samsung maintained the top position, accounting for 23% of global smartphones. 23, so to Apple's 15. And that was followed by Huawei in second uh, with uh, 18%. 
In unit numbers during the fourth quarter of 2018, global iPhone sales was 64.5 million devices. Tells you how big that marketplace is. Remember that? Remember, Apple's third. Now, in the U.S. market, in the, just the U.S., not the global market, Q1 2019, first quarter of 2019, Apple was the smartphone sales leader with a 39% market share. Second place went to Samsung at 28, followed by LG, Motorola, and some smaller ones. The U.S. is concentrated, concentrated, the U.S. is a concentrated smartphone market with just the three top brands. Those three top brands, Apple, Samsung, and LG, control 78% of the total shipments. It's very concentrated here. By region, region, the Asia Pacific currently owns the world's largest smartphone market share. The rising interest of the of the consumers in the in the using new technologies and emerging economies, especially China, Japan, South Korea, India, Indonesia, all that is going to boost smartphone market demand in the Asia region. So it's still going to grow there pretty fast. So that's those facts. Let's go to Brian in San Francisco. How you doing, Brian? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. No problem. Thanks for the show. My, My question pleasure. is, uh, last week, beginning of last week, I saw an article. It was about uh, the guy who called the 2008 recession. Um, he was he uh-huh. against it. And apparently, um, he believes that the next recession is going to be due to ETF and index funds. Yep, I've read that. And, you know why? Uh, and I wanted uh, to you know, explain why and how and how that could be. Okay, well, the, it, the reason why the, I've, the articles I've read and the opinions I have, you know, gone over, it's because... The marketplace, the, the stock market itself is a store of wealth, right? People buy in the 401ks and the IRAs and they have wealth. They have wealth in their houses and wealth in the market through their investments. And what they're, what they're saying is over the, over the recent 10 years, ever since the recession, people have been loading up on indexing, index funds. ETFs, the SPY, which is the which is uh, the S and P five hundred, the Dow, all the ETFs indexes. Okay, and they've been loading, 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 loading up, and there is no cushion when you sell an ETF of an index. That they 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 have to sell the stock to give you back your money. They have to sell it. In a mutual fund, there's usually a cushion. There's usually some cash available, even in an index fund. But if people started to sell, this is where he, this is where the worry comes. If people started to sell the ETS out of being frightened or just some big news event happened, and everybody wanted to sell their indexes, well, if they sell their ETFs, which you can do intraday during the day, uh, you could start a run a downward on the market, and that would shrink a lot of people's wealth, and that would th- mean that they would slow down or stop spending. They wouldn't stop, but they slow down their spending. And since our, we are consumer driven, seventy percent of our economy is consumer. That ball by itself would throw us in recession. That's the theory. Did you follow all that? 
<laughs> it's like a, a stair steps theory, you know. If A plus equals what happens if A happens, then B will happen, and then C will happen, and D will happen, and then now we're in a recession. That's that's what they're saying. Okay. I don't know if it's true. By the way, um, it could happen. Something big has to frighten the consumer to do that. I mean, you know, the consumer in the, the consumer in this sense is the consumer who holds all these ETFs, you know, these index funds, and and it has been because they've gotten so popular. You know, instead of I own AT&T, I'm not going to sell it. You own an index, and yeah, you're going to sell it as soon as it starts to go down. And that means they have to sell all the stocks in the index to give you back your money. Good good call. Thank you, Brian. appreciate it. Let's go to Nick and Hayward. How are you doing, Nick? Yeah, fine, Steve. How are you, sir? I am good. Thank you for the call. Steve, yeah, great show. Thank you. Hey, Steve, uh, I own... Uh, Bunch of AT&T stocks, okay, and lately it's been coming up nicely. You know, I'm making maybe 20 to 25 percent on my money plus the uh, dividend. Would you recommend yep. me to sell some of it at this point, or well, or hold on? What do you okay. Think? Okay. AT&T happens to be our largest holding at KPP Financial. Um, we, we were talking about it this morning, and we're looking at cutting back, possibly cutting back. I, I think we might not do it immediately. Uh, AT&T, everybody knows who AT&T is. If you don't, you, you, you don't live in the United States, that's for sure. But AT&T is a big telephone company, and they have historically been range-bound, and they're kind of breaking out of their range. The range is the high 20s to the mid-30s, and then back to the high 20s and back to the mid-30s, you know. I mean, in, at the bottom in December, it was at 26 and change, okay? Today, it's at 37. At today's 37 price, is paying a 5.5%. But back then, the dividend was over another 1% or 1.5% higher, 65 7%. I don't remember exactly what it was. I really don't. But it was higher. So, the question is, and I think it's a smart question, Nick, is do you Sell it? I don't. I don't think I get out, but I might cut back. Um, I might follow with a really tight stop, maybe a uh, a ten percent. If it falls ten percent from its high, cut it back because I don't know when. I, I, you know, it could go up to about forty five right? on a long term chart. That's where it's probably it could be headed. I'm not sure if it's there. But it's overbought right now, so I think it's going to come back to earth here a little bit. But I don't want to get rid of it because that really nice dividend, you know, still pays a 5.4% dividend. That's solid. Okay, good luck with it, Nick. Again, I would hold on to it, but maybe cut back at a certain point. Make sure it's not out of balance with your portfolio. Let's go to Ed in San Bruno. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing great. How are you? I am very well. Thank you for the call. Hello? Yes, I hear you. Okay, my question is, I, I made good money in the market. Rules, uh, I'm, I want to put stuff in income and preferreds. Where do I find preferreds that are good preferreds? Okay, um, preferreds, everybody. He's talking about stocks that issue preferred, companies that issue preferred stocks. And preferred stocks act more like bonds than stocks. 
it's kind of a misnomer as being a preferred stock, even though that's what they're called, because it acts like a bond. What happens, you buy a preferred and they pay you a set interest rate um, on that preferred, and it could go up and down in value, but it doesn't usually move very much. But it's almost like a bond. You can buy a preferred and the preferred expires, or it can be a callable for preferred. It can do different things. And where do you find that list to buy them? How do you know who has preferreds? Well, it's not as easy as stocks and, and not as hard as bonds, but who, it depends on who your brokerage firm is. And they will, they would have a list of preferreds and what they are. Um, who's your brokerage firm? Um, I've got Vanguard, and I also have uh, Schwab. Okay, well, you probably have to talk to the, the, the desk at Schwab, the trading desk at Schwab. Vanguard wouldn't, they, they only do mutual funds and ETFs. You wouldn't be able to buy preferreds probably at Vanguard. Schwab has a lot more variety of offerings they have, and you should be able to buy them. Uh, they used to be listed in the newspaper in the old days, and you could have a little P behind it, and it would have the information in the Wall Street Journal, but they don't do that anymore. You know, they don't do that. So you got to find it on the internet. But I think I would pick up the phone and talk to uh, Schwab. They have a very good website, Schwab does. And they probably have a list for you. You just got to learn how to find it. So you got to have some help. Okay? Ed, good luck with it. That's preferred stocks, everybody. Good luck. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased opinions and guidance and that's what we're all about here at kpp financial and you know you might want to i would like to encourage you anyways to subscribe to the kpp premium newsletter it's written and distributed every friday and in the newsletter you'll get valuable information you know week's market analysis portfolio management guidance and some stock ideas and each friday on invest talk i share the highlights that you if you're a listener to this show, you know I do. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. And, you know, I, you don't have to take it for a year. You can cancel a subscription in, in a week if you don't like it. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. For serious investors interested in improving their ability to build financial freedom, we have an important invitation to a new KPP Wealth Management Conference. Earning yield in a no-yield world. Investing in real estate, stocks, and bonds. Speakers will include InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, and they'll be joined by real estate experts and a trust attorney. The October 12th conference in Irvine, California, will cover these topics. Understanding real estate investing, from buy and hold to vacation rentals and land banking. How the trade war and economic trends will affect stocks and bonds. Ways to increase your income potential and defer taxes using trusts. And a lot more. Seating is limited to 50 attendees. Sign up early to get reduced pricing. Tell your friends the newest KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference is set for October 12th. Learn more and sign up now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. 
Okay. Um, main talking point today was uh, China's August exports unexpectedly shrink as U.S. tariffs bite. So our uh, sales, U.S. national sales to U.S. declined by 16% from a year ago. 16 export exports decreased by 1% in dollar terms and imports 5.6% in dollar terms. So the the tariffs are starting to bite a little bit. And I that's what they were intended to do. It's hurting China a lot more than us and that's what the intention was. Now, you can argue about whether we should have them or whether this trade war should even exist. But something needed to be done uh, over the years, and no one else would do it. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily praising him because maybe the way he's going about it was all wrong. But, but what I'm saying is something needed to be done about the unfair advantage China has been taking, not only on us, but everybody else in the world. All the first world countries have been uh, taken advantage of. I mean, just one one rule alone where you could not, you had to, many of the biggest companies had to partnership with Chinese companies and give up ownership and give up their technology to do business in China. Yet China could sell to us without any any of those hindrances. See, so something had to be done. It was obvious. And is this good, bad? Well, certainly isn't good for the economy of the world. It's not. It slowed everything down, and it slowed our economy down too. But it slowed China's economy down much faster. Now, whether whether it'll work or not, well, it depends. You know, the the yuan, the Chinese currency, has gone down, making our currency go up in relationship. So the our currency is not. You know, it's not all one sided. It's hurt us, hurts us in some ways too. So the question is: Is it a good thing? Should we do it? What will be the um, the result? And no one really knows. No one really knows. Now, I've told you my theory. My theory is that Trump will come to some kind of agreement with China well before he's elected. Now, that, that's if China cooperates. What if they decide not to? They could. They may not want to give him any kind of hint of victory. They could do that. China is a communist country. You know, they don't necessarily do things just to benefit their economy. Don't, don't, not necessarily. Okay? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we only have one goal here, and that is to help you achieve financial freedom. Talk about it every day at nauseum, right? And of course, our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. Good advice. Spread your money around. Stick to a well-thought-out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. The next Invest Talk, a sudden value stock transformation might unnerve investors. In some cases, value stocks have significantly outperformed their growth counterparts. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk... 
Don't we have a voicemail? I thought we had a voicemail on DEM, Wisdom Tree. Hi, Steve and Justin. Just calling for a question on an ETF. I'm interested in Wisdom Tree ETF, D-E-M, and just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it, if that would be a good investment. Love the show. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Okay, this is the Wisdom Tree Emerging Market High Dividend ETF. Okay, so it's an exchange-traded fund, so you can perform its corresponding to the Wisdom Emerging Market Equity Income Index. Basically, what they're talking about is high-dividend-paying stocks in emerging markets. The yield, of course, that's the first thing you look at, right? I mean, that's what they're specializing in is dividend yield. The yield is 4.7% a year, 4.7% at the current price. So if you're looking for a dividend play in emerging markets, this would be a, a choice that you would make. Now, what could happen? Well, you know if the, these companies are paying dividends. Generally speaking, they're the larger companies, the little bit less safer companies. But in the emerging markets, you're also buying into growth. There's a lot more growth there. So at the same time, you have to realize that this would add uh, risk to your portfolio. Remember, emerging markets are a risky place to be, but it's also a high growth place. So you weigh those things. Do I, I want the dividend? I want the safer stock, safer companies because they're bigger ones. And you know, I would take a look at all the holdings myself. But you know, and do I want to have that extra risk being outside the U.S. and emerging markets? So is it a good choice? It could be easily a decent choice in a well balanced portfolio. Yes. It's up to you. It depends. See, it's so hard because it's a personal thing. What do you need? What are you looking for? Are you looking for dividends? And are you looking for some risk in the emerging markets or some exposure to the emerging markets? This would do that. Okay. Now, ECB is pushing rates down. Now, how will the banks survive? Remember, the rates are already negative. How are the banks going to... Banks cannot survive not making money. They have to make money. They can only last so long losing money. If the ECB keeps pushing interest rates negative and these banks are required to buy these negative interest rates, how's that going to keep these banks in business? So they can't be negative forever, even though they keep pushing rates down, acting like it's going to do well because it's going to free up money. (laughs) How is that possible? <laughs> you know, um, this, you know if, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Negative rates from a loan perspective, they can't make loans, right? I mean, think about it. I have negative rates. So I don't want to have cash on my books because, you know, I, I need to get that out there working for me. I don't want to have cash. At the same time, the, the government is making me buy and hold on to negative interest rates government bonds. So as I'm losing money or not making any money, my 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 safe bonds I have to reduce because I don't I don't I'm not making any money. I got it just is a feeding itself in the wrong direction in my opinion. So how's that gonna work? How is it going and has it worked? No. So why do they keep doing this? They need to do something else. Just need to do something else. Quickly, millennials are not taking advantage of lower mortgage rates. I'm talking about millennials that own a house and have a mortgage. How come? 
Why aren't they taking advantage of more lowering rates? This and the one, the main reason is they can't afford it. They can't afford it. Forty two point seven percent, forty two point seven percent between uh, make between fifty and seventy five thousand a year. Thirty eight percent make between seventy five and hundred thousand a year. But many of them not only have a mortgage but also student debt. So they're paying all most of their money out every month. They don't have a cushion to pay the fees to refinance. Usually there's several thousand dollars involved. That's been the conclusion of this particular study, though. That's not good. You want the cheaper mortgage rates. I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another Invest Talk program. Please remind your friends that they, they to listen to Invest Talk. They can listen to it five days a week at the 4 o'clock hour live. And also they can download the podcast quickly right after the show. We get it done pretty fast. So everybody have a great night. See you tomorrow. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 